Welcome back to Scriptures with Mom and Terry. We are reading Doctrine and Covenants, sections 58 and 59 today. Okay, we read how people were starting to get to um, Missouri and people were not very excited to be there because they thought that it was going to look different and it was going to be different and the people were going to be different, but it was on the edge of society, basically. And they hadn't even had some of the um, advancements that they had already experienced being in those other places. And so here goes, we're going to read. I did want to read this here where um, it's from Parley P. Pratt's autobiography. And he said, this is like on uh, being with the Colesville branch. He said, this Colesville branch constituted the first settlers of the members of the church in Missouri. They had arrived late in the summer and cut some hay for their cattle, sowed a little grain and prepared some ground for cultivation and were engaged during the fall and winter building log cabins, etc. The winter was cold and for some time about 10 families lived in one log cabin. I can't even imagine that which was open and unfurnished while the frozen ground served for a floor. Our food consisted of beef and the little bread made of corn, which had been grated into coarse meal by rubbing the ears on a tin grater. This was rather an inconvenient way of living for a sick person, but it was for the gospel's sake and all were very cheerful and happy. We enjoyed many happy seasons in our prayer and other meetings and the spirit of the Lord was poured out upon us and even on the little children in so much that many of eight, 10 or 12 years of age spake and prayed and prophesied in our meetings and in our family worship, there was a spirit of peace and union and love and goodwill manifested in this little church in the wilderness, the memory of which will ever will be ever dear to my heart. Isn't that cute? Like, I love that they were able to experience such happiness and joy um, even during this hard time where they had to figure out what to do and plant and build and just start from scratch. I feel like they just always had to start from scratch, (laughs) which kind of is the worst because I get just all kinds of bad feelings whenever I feel like I need to move or something it's like "Mm -mm, we're not moving again okay like I am not one of those kind of people that needs to move all the time um so when the Lord says bloom where you're planted you know I'm planted don't move me Uh, section 58 K revelation given through Joseph Smith, the prophet in Zion, Jackson County, Missouri, August 1st, 1831 earlier on the first Sabbath after the arrival of the prophet and his party in Jackson County, Missouri, a religious service had been held and two members had been received by baptism during that week. Some of the Colesville saints from the Thompson branch and others arrived See section 54. Many were eager to learn the will of the Lord concerning them in the new place of gathering. Though, okay, so 1 through 5, those who endure tri- tribulation will be crowned with glory. 6 to 12, the saints are to prepare for the marriage of the Lamb and the Supper of the Lord. 13 to 18, bishops are judges in Israel. 19 to 23, the saints are to obey the laws of the land. 24 to 29, men should be should use their agency to do good. 30 to 33, the Lord commands and revokes. 34 to 43, the 
to repent, men must confess and forsake their sins. 44 to 58, the saints are to purchase their inheritance and gather in Missouri. 59 to 65, the gospel must be preached unto every creature. Okay, hearken, O ye elders of my church, and give ear to my word, and learn of me what I will concerning you, and also concerning this land unto which I have sent you. For verily I say unto you, Blessed is he that keepeth my commandments, and whither in life or in death, and he that is faithful in tribulation, the reward of the same is greater in the kingdom of heaven. Ye cannot behold with your natural eyes for the present time the design of your God concerning those things which shall come hereafter, and the glory which shall follow after much tribulation. For after much tribulation come the blessings, wherefore the day cometh that ye shall be crowned with much glory, and the hour with much glory, the hour is not yet, but is nigh at hand. So here the Lord's telling them, Hey, you're gonna you can't see what I can see. And I love that quote. Um, I can't remember who said it, but it was during conference that the Lord knows something we don't know. And that's true. The Lord knows a lot of things we don't know. And so he says here that after much tribulation come the blessings. And it's so true. The Lord loves effort and effort brings rewards, right? That's what President Nelson says. Um, and so he's trying to tell them here like, hey, you know what? You can't see what I can see, but I know that your hard work is going to pay off. That's basically what it is. Okay, we decided to move this to the basement with me walking on the treadmill to see how this works. Because honestly, I kept falling asleep. I don't know if you could tell, but I definitely could tell. So we're on number five. Remember, this which I tell you before, that you may lay it to heart and receive that which is to follow. Behold, verily I say unto you, for this cause I have sent you, that you might be obedient and that your hearts might be prepared to bear testimony of the things which are to come. Yeah, I think walking on the treadmill is better. <laughs> Even though it might have that constant background noise, so I apologize. Um, okay, so number seven, and also that you might be honored in laying the foundation and in bearing record of the land upon which the Zion of God shall stand. So I remember this um, from Come Follow Him or Follow Him podcast with Hank Smith and John, by the way, and the they were interviewing somebody and he mentioned that in this scripture, it says that they may be honored. And it's interesting that we are definitely, we always honor and revere our pioneer ancestors um, from the gospel who helped to bring to pass, maybe I'll slow this tempo down because now I feel like I can't talk. Um, who have sacrificed so much just so that we could have the gospel and the Lord could see that. The Lord could see that we were going to honor them and and have that huge respect for them because of all of their sacrifices. And so he was trying to tell them like, hey, you know what? It's not for nothing. I promise you're going to be honored because you are laying the foundation. So, yeah. Um, number eight. And also that a feast of fat things might be prepared for the poor. Yea, a feast of fat things of wine on the lees, wealth refined, that the earth may know that the mouths of the prophets shall not fail. Okay. Um, right here. Number nine. Yea, and 
Yea, a supper of the house of the Lord, well prepared, unto which all nations shall be invited. First the rich, and the learned, and the wise, and the noble. And after that cometh the day of my power. Then shall the poor, the lame, and the blind, and the deaf come. Come in unto the marriage of the Lamb, and partake of the supper of the Lord, prepared for the great day to come. Behold, I, the Lord, have spoken it. And um, when I was listening to Don't Miss This... They mentioned how um, the Feast of the Fat Things is also a uh, parable that is spoken of in the Bible and that we need to look that up. And I can't remember the reference, so just Google it, I guess. Um, number 13. Oh, but but I did want to say, like, it says that the rich have will get it first and then the poor and I think either they mentioned or somebody else mentioned that that the rich had to get it first so that it could be established and that it could um go around and it would be that the gospel would be able to be propelled forward because of the um because of how advanced I guess those saints were and I mean obviously you can see in Missouri how everything was not advanced. And so poor people, I guess they're saying like, or the Lord's saying, maybe the poor people couldn't necessarily carry it to the other lands because once we were established, then those other countries are able to allow us to come in and um, proselyte and serve and things like that. So, I mean, it's kind of interesting. You'd think that like the poor would be able to take it to all the land first, but they wouldn't be able to because they don't have the means to do it. And so the rich and the learned and the wise and the noble go first, and then the poor and the needy and the lame and the blind and the deaf, then they can be invited. And it says that um, they will come unto the, unto the marriage and partake of the supper, but they can't just come by themselves, right? They have to be brought, right? Because, like, the lame and the blind and the deaf, like, how are they even going to know where to go, right? We have to bring them. There's a scripture that says that the Lord, or that the Lord says to bring them hither. This is when the, um, when he appeared to the Lamanites. And, or in, when he appeared to the Nephites in the Book of Mormon. And he told them to come hither and bring hither those people that needed him um and so if we're gonna bring people then you know if we're the ones that are more learned and wise and noble and and rich you know in the gospel not just monetarily but like in the gospel if we're rich in the gospel then we can we are able to bring other people with us right um and so then we can help those people come and partake of the supper of the Lord. So I think that's important for us to remember that we who are rich with the gospel can reach out to those who are not rich in the gospel and bring them because they are, so to speak, poor, cause, you know, cause they don't have Jesus. And so they need Jesus. Everybody needs Jesus. Okay. Um, Number 13, and that the testimony might go forth from Zion, yea, from the mouth of the city of the heritage of God. 
Yea, for this cause I have sent you hither, and have selected my servant Edward Partridge, and have appointed unto him his mission in this land. But if he repent not of his sins, which are unbelief and blindness of heart, let him take heed, lest he fall. And so this seems kind of intense, like, I guess, our favorite guy, Edward Partridge, was, you know, kind of having some unbelief. He wasn't, he couldn't believe his eyes, right? He was just like, wow, this is where we're going to set up. Um, and so the Lord is calling him out on it and saying that he has blindness of heart. Um, and I think we can all experience that same blindness of heart when we look at people who aren't like us, right? When we look at people who aren't like us, we judge them. We make judgments on them. And um, we don't believe that either they would take the gospel or would need it or to even bother talking to them about it, right? But we need to take heed lest we fall, right? Because when we're making those kinds of judgments on other people, the judgment is really on us and the Lord will hold us accountable. Behold, his, number 16, behold, his mission is given unto him and it shall not be given again. Like, (laughs) so we get our parenting skills from the Lord here. (laughs) I already told you once, I'm not going to tell you twice. (laughs) That's totally what I picture that being. Um, and whoso standeth in this mission is appointed to be a judge in Israel, like as it was in ancient days, to divide the lands of the heritage of God unto his children. So he's just basically telling him that he was, you know, to divvy everything out to people, right? And some people might not look like like they could handle it or, you know, sometimes you know how sometimes you look at your kids and you're like, I'm not going to tell you about this or I'm not going to give you this because you're not going to take care of it, right? Maybe that's how he felt. Maybe, you know, we don't give our kids like super expensive china to mess around with when they're two because we're like, you know, they're going to break it, shatter it. It's not going to work. But what the Lord is saying here that that's not our call. He was supposed to divvy things out to the children, to his children, and Edward Partridge is just supposed to do it and not ask questions like, what about this person? Why can't, why do we have to give it to this person, you know? Um, so, I mean, I could definitely understand why he was saying that. And to judge his people by the testimony of the just and by the assistance of his counselors, according to the laws of the kingdom, which are given by the prophets of God. So don't judge people by their appearance, right? But judge them by their testimony. For verily I say unto you, my law shall be kept on this land. Number 20, let no man think he is ruler, but let God rule him that judgeth according to the counsel of his own will. Or in other words, him that counseleth or sitteth upon the judgment seat. Number 21, let no man break the laws of the land. For he that keepeth the laws of God hath no need to break the laws of the land. Wherefore, be subject to the powers that be until he reigns, whose right is to reign and subdues all enemies under his feet. Behold, the laws which ye have received from my hand are the laws of the church, and in this light ye shall hold them forth. Behold, here is wisdom. And now, as I spake concerning my servant Edward Partridge, this land is the land of his 
residents and those whom he has appointed for his counselors and also the land of the residents of him whom I have appointed to keep my storehouse. Wherefore, let them bring their families to this land as they shall counsel between themselves and me. So he's like, hey, bring your families, okay? I know it doesn't look much, look like much, but you're not going back, so bring your families. For behold, it is not me that I should command in all things. For he that compelleth, he that is compelled in all things, the same is a slothful and not a wise servant. Wherefore, he receiveth no reward. And so maybe <laughs> what the Lord is saying here, and I'm only saying maybe because, you know, I can only know so much from the history. Um, and maybe what they're saying here is like, I'm telling you to, to come here and build Zion. And now I'm telling you, come move your family here, you know, and he, and the Lord's probably feeling like he's giving them step-by-step instructions, right? But he's like, listen, I'm not going to tell you everything, okay? Because you, I'm giving you the opportunity to, to, to choose for yourself, to judge and to figure things out, you know? Um, and the same thing goes for us. We need to figure things out ourselves, you know? We need to um, seek those answers ourselves in the different ways and resources that we have available to us and not just continue to ask the Lord, like, for every little thing. Like, what cereal should I eat this morning, Heavenly Father? You know, that's not something that he necessarily needs to give you an opinion on or, you know, give you a command on because what cereal you choose won't necessarily matter unless, of course, you know, you have some kind of health issues and then you obviously know about those. So probably don't choose that. Like he's not going to make you go against that. So anyways, um, number 27, barely I say, Men should be anxiously engaged in a good cause and do many things of their own free will and bring to pass much righteousness. So in all of the things that we like to do, we like to set goals. We have like our goals list that we do almost every month. <laughs> I say almost every month because I have goals every month. I just don't ever write them down on the list. But anyway, so we have them on our wall in our room and we write things down and we, we have slots for 10, 10 things right? Because I, I believe that you can do many good things. Um, and here the Lord is telling us that that's exactly what it is, that we must be anxiously engaged in a good cause and do many good, many things of our own free will and bring to pass much righteousness. So we can do a lot of things. We don't just have to do one thing. Um, and You know, he also has that scripture to do things in wisdom and order, right? So prioritize the things that are important to you, the things that matter most, and then be anxiously engaged in that cause that you have set out so that you can continue to increase in your learning and your knowledge and your wisdom. And then as you continue to increase those things, you will be able to bring to pass much righteousness. You'll be a good leader. You'll be a good parent. You'll be a good friend and you'll bring to pass much righteousness. You'll be able to be 
better equipped to serve those around you um, because you have made goals that and you're working towards goals that matter to you and that matter most and and the Lord can bless you through your efforts right and number 28 says for the power is in them wherein they are agents unto themselves and inasmuch as men do good they shall in no wise lose their reward so we get to choose what things matter most to us yes we can counsel the Lord with the Lord and find out what he has intended for us because then our joy will be more full but we can still choose to move forward a certain direction and if that's not the right direction we need to be moving in the Lord will tell us you know he will stop us in our tracks we are agents unto ourselves and my favorite part is the power is in you the power is in them the power is in you to do everything to choose to do those good things and then if we continue to use that power that's within us which obviously is um the light of christ and um the holy ghost is what propels us to do those things then we won't lose our reward right okay number 29 but he that doeth not anything until he is commanded and receive receiveth the commandment with doubtful heart and keepeth it with slothfulness the name the same is damned oh man see so remember when i was saying how i wish the lord would just spell it out for me and then i could just do it <laughs> but if he did spell it out for me and i didn't do it then i would be condemned basically you know i would be damned he'd be like you need to move to missouri and i'd be like that's too hard i'm not going and then i would be damned and i think damned is not like i'm gonna go to hell damned that's damned as in my progression is stopped my progression to follow christ to follow the holy ghost is stopped whenever i don't act on a prompting the holy ghost doesn't trust me enough to give me another one right i need to be trustworthy and to earn those earn that trust i need to act on those promptings that i'm that i'm getting and as i act on those then trust grows and the lord can trust me with more things as i continue to follow his promptings but if i choose to not follow his prompting or not follow his instruction or not follow a commandment from a, an apostle then my progression is damned it's stopped up right and so and if i want it to not be stopped then i need to proceed with the counsel with the commandment with the instruction that i was given right so it it only makes sense he's not trying to say you're going to hell if you don't do um my commandments no but it's almost like it's like he's just warning us right because so many times our progression can be damned and stopped for a certain amount of time and you know once we decide to actually follow then it's not damned anymore and it starts flowing the light the the wisdom the instruction everything continues right but if we stop it and it's up to us right it says but he that doeth not not anything until he is commanded 
but then receives a command. Like you can't just be idle and then be like, so tell me what to do. And then when he tells you what to do and you don't do it, like you can't expect much more than that. You know, like what else is the Lord going to do? He's not, he's not, he's just going to stop talking to you because you obviously aren't listening to what he's saying. And it, and it just makes sense. So number 30, who am I that made man saith the Lord that will hold him guiltless that obeys not my commandments, right? That's like your own fault that you didn't obey. You were the one who asked, right? These saints are, are asking for revelations from the Lord and they're praying like, what do I do? What do I do? Where do I go for, where do we go to establish Zion? And then the Lord's like, by the way, Zion's in Missouri. And then everybody's like, wait, take a minute. Hold on. Hold up. Wait a minute. And then some people are like, sounds good. We'll go. And then some people are like, ooh, remember when I said I wanted to know where Zion was and I wanted to build that up for you? Well, I didn't know it was clear over there. So can you give me a different instruction? Like that's, he's not going to do that, right? So be careful what you pray for, right? <laughs> because once you do pray for it, you are now responsible to act on that revelation that you get. And then when you don't, that is when that light will, will stop. That, that inspiration is going to stop because you're not following the thing that you said you were going to. So number 32 says, I command and men obey not. I revoke and they receive not the blessing. So, yeah, basically that's what the Lord's saying. Like, don't ask me if you're not willing to obey. You know what I mean? That way you won't be, that way you won't be condemned. And you won't, your, your light, your, you won't be damned. Even though if you don't ask either, that also stops your progression. So it's kind of like a <laughs> sketch joint too, right? Um, then they say in their hearts, this is not the work of the Lord. For his promises are not fulfilled. But woe unto such, for their reward lurketh beneath and not from above. Because who, who, who puts that doubt in our hearts, right? Like, why, weren't, why is it so hard? And, you know, I don't, I don't want to rip on the saints from back then, you know, because I already know it would be hard. I would be one of those saints. But um, who is it that puts those, that fear in us? You know, the... The trepidation, the, like, why don't you want to obey? Like, what's wrong, right? It's Satan. Satan's the one that's sending those, those things to us to keep us from following Christ, to keep us from doing those things that he knows will bring us more joy. And I'm only saying this because I need to have this process out loud myself because it helps me as I try and follow the Lord. And so... And I'm not perfect, right? Like, I'll ask the Lord for guidance, and then he'll tell me. And then I'll be like, I don't have time for that. Sorry. Pick something else, <laughs> you know? And it's just, he doesn't work that way, right? And he says, and now I give. So, yeah. So, our reward lurketh beneath. So, I mean, don't be looking for blessings from heaven when you're not willing to obey. So, because they're not coming from above. They're coming from beneath. So, you know, and then in 34, he says, and now I give unto you further direction concerning this land. 
whether you want it or not, this is, it's coming because some people have asked, you know. And he says, it is wisdom in me that my servant Martin Harris should be an example unto the church in laying his monies before the bishop of the church. Now, this poor Martin Harris, he is always paying monies to the church. He is so rich, dude, this guy. He just had so many funds that the Lord just wanted to use his one. Well, I guess I should say, because it's not really Martin Harris's funds, right? It's the Lord's funds, but he lets Martin have stewardship over them. And so he, Martin, you know, it's got to be feeling like, come on, more money, right? But he gave the money for people to purchase the lands that they needed. Um, for the Lord to purchase the lands they needed for Zion. So I think Martin Harris is awesome because he, he was called upon so many times to give of his substance, you know? I mean, it's funny, like, I will go decorate a door, but if the Lord was like, you need to drop a hundred bill, a hundy on that person's door, I'd be like, wait, what? And, you know, I'm just trying to make it an equivalent to maybe my time. And it's like, I'll decorate your door all day long, you know, but if I need to give a hundred dollars, I don't, I don't know if I could do that. That seems a lot more intense and a lot more sacrifice on my part, even though I, I definitely value my time. I still think that that would be hard for me to do. And so these experiences that he's giving these saints are to stretch them and to give them more blessings later. Um, Number 36, and also this is a law unto every man that cometh unto this land to receive an inheritance, and he shall do with his monies according as the law directs. And it is wisdom also that there should be lands purchased in independence for the place of the storehouse and also for the house of the printing. Yes, my copy shop. (laughs) And other directions concerning my servant Martin Harris shall be given him of the spirit that he may receive his inheritance as seemeth him good. And let him repent of his sins for he seeketh the praise of the world. You know, who doesn't? Everybody seeketh the praise of the world. You know, sometimes we're so hard on some people because we're like, they just care about other people or they just care about how many likes they get on Instagram and they just care about you know the world worldly things but we all do at one point or another at some point or another we all care right do you show up to church dressing nice because you want to look nice for the Lord or are you coming to church dressed nice because you want to look nice so everybody thinks that your life is great right the praise of the world And also, number 40, and also let my servant William W. Phelps stand in the office to which I have appointed him and receive his inheritance in the land. And also he hath need to repent for I, the Lord, am not well pleased with him for he seeketh to excel and he is not sufficiently meek before me. Behold, he who has repented of his sins, the same is forgiven and I, the Lord, remember them no more. By this you may know, if a man repenteth of his sins, behold, he will confess them and forsake them. And so now he's saying other people, you know, aren't, they're, they're seeking to excel. People are trying to put themselves above other people. I mean, uh, William W. Phelps, 
he was awesome. He was the first copy shop. If I, <laughs> again, I'm giving you my example because that's all I can give. If I was him, okay, and I was getting this copy shop to myself and I got to run this biz that I felt was like, man, the Lord knows me. He's having me do this copy shop and I'm going to get to write, you know, primary books for kids and do some drawing. The Lord is just using my talents. I mean, when the Lord uses your talents, I know that it feels good when you feel needed and important and loved. And it can feel so good that sometimes you get a little prideful and you seek to excel and you're not meek, you're not humble because you think you can do everything. Like, yeah, the Lord trusts me because he knows me, you know? And that's not what the Lord was trying to do. He was trying to show, he was probably trying to show him like, hey, I, I know your talents and I can use you. And you can help me move this work forward with your talents, right? But not so that you could be boastful about it, right? So, number 44. Let's see, we're almost done here and I gotta get going. So, boys have a dentist appointment. And now, verily, I say concerning the residue of the elders of my church, the time has not yet come for many years for them to receive their inheritance in this land, except they desire it through the prayer of faith, only as it shall be appointed unto them of the Lord. For behold, they shall push the people together from the ends of the earth. Wherefore, assemble yourselves together, and they who are not appointed to stay in this land, let them preach the gospel in the regions round about, and after that, let them return to their homes. Okay, for real, I gotta stop. I just realized because of the time. So we're on number 47. Okay, you won't be able to tell the difference because I did a whole bunch of stuff and now we're back. <laughs> it's probably even been a couple days. Um, okay, we're on 47. Let them preach by the way and bear testimony of the truth in all places and call upon the rich, the high and the low and the poor to repent. So in this scripture, they, the Lord is telling them that he wants them to preach and bear testimony everywhere. It's not just during the time that they were traveling, but he's trying to help them understand that you can preach and share your testimony everywhere, and you can talk to the rich people, you can talk to the poor people. And let them build up churches inasmuch as the inhabitants of the earth will repent, and let there be an agent appointed by the voice of the church unto the church in Ohio to receive monies to purchase lands in Zion. And I give unto my servant Sidney Rigdon a commandment that he shall write a description of the land of Zion and a statement of the will of God as it shall be made known by the Spirit unto him. Oh, that's nice. Um, I remember when I was working for Gene Palma, he was a realtor. I would have to write up descriptions of the land and I'd have to do them all like with legalese for the plat maps and things like that. And that's not an easy task. I mean, then I also had to come up with descriptions of of land, um, but in a way to market them so other people would want to buy them. And so that was kind of weird too because it wasn't something that I've practiced or anything like that. 
And so, you know, I need to practice it and then get better at it. And eventually I was pretty good at it by the end of the time that I was working there. Um, but that's kind of fun. And then an, number 51 and an epistle and subscription to be presented unto all the churches to obtain monies to be put into the hands of the bishop of himself or the agent as seemeth him good or as he shall direct to purchase lands for an inheritance for the children of God. For behold, verily I say unto you, the Lord willeth that the disciples and the children of men should open their hearts even to purchase this whole region of country as soon as time will permit. Behold, here is wisdom. Let them do lest they receive none inheritance, save it be by the shedding of blood. And again, inasmuch as as there is land obtained, let there be workmen sent forth of all kinds unto this land to labor for the saints of God. Let all these things be done in order, and let the privilege of the lands be made known from time to time by the bishop or the agent of the church. And let the work of the gathering be not in haste nor by flight, but let it be done as it shall be counseled by the elders of the church at the conferences, according to the knowledge which they receive from time to time. And let my servant Sidney Rigdon consecrate and dedicate this land and the spot for the temple unto the Lord. And let a conference meeting be called. And after that, let my servants, Sidney Rigdon and Joseph Smith Jr. return and also Oliver Cowdery with them to accomplish the residue of the work which I have appointed unto them in their own land and the residue as shall be ruled by the conferences. And let no man return from this land except he bear record by the way of that which he knows and most assuredly believes. Let that which has been bestowed upon Ziba Peterson be taken from him and let him stand as a member in the church and labor with his own hands with the brethren until he is sufficiently chastened for all his sins for he confessed confesseth them not and he thinketh to hide them let the residue of the elders of this church who are coming to this land some of whom are exceedingly blessed even above measure also hold a conference upon upon this land and let my servant edward partridge direct the conference which shall be held by them and let them also return preaching to the preaching the gospel by the way bearing record of the things which are revealed unto them for verily the sound must go forth from this place into all the world and unto the uttermost parts of the earth the gospel must be preached unto every creature with signs following them that believe and behold the son of man cometh amen Okay, so this is pretty cool. The um, 64 says, and verily, ver for verily the sound must go forth from this place. So the sound must go from conference out. And I think that's awesome because now we can see that the sound really is going everywhere. Like everybody can watch General Conference wherever you are in the world um, that has internet, obviously. And it's pretty amazing and you can listen to conference from your phone at any time and it's just it's just amazing to be able to see how some of these scriptures probably start to make sense whereas they probably didn't make sense back when I first started reading them back when I was little you know when I was younger the sound must go forth from this place would just be that I would have to travel and take the sound there myself but now it's like you can share your testimony on Instagram and it is in an instant 
all the way across the world. And it's just amazing. Okay, so we're going to read section 59. I don't know if you can tell I'm also falling asleep again. And it's no wonder that I was walking yesterday because it, it was so much easier to read while walking because then I can for sure stay awake. But right now I'm like, man, it is sleepy. And I'll tell you what, I got seven hours of sleep last night and that is record. Anyway, so um, revelation given through Joseph Smith, the prophet in Zion, Jackson County, Missouri, August 7th, 1831. Preceding this revelation, the land was consecrated as the Lord had directed and the site for the future temple was dedicated. On the day this revelation was received, Polly Knight, the wife of Joseph Knight Sr., died, the first church member to die in Zion. Early members characterized this revelation as instructing the saints how to keep the Sabbath and how to fast and pray. So it's pretty sad that that Polly Knight uh, passed away. I guess she had traveled all this distance and all she wanted, I guess she was sick throughout the traveling and all she wanted to do was get to Zion, just get to Jackson County, Missouri, because that was like her dying wish and she made it there, but then passed away. So it's kind of sad. And then everybody knew her, um, knew her and Joseph Knight Sr. because, you know, they had been with everyone the whole time. Um, remember, Joseph Knight was one of the ones that helped uh, Joseph and Emma get the plates and use the wagon and stuff like that. So anyway, so they had been part of the church early, early, early on, even though technically everybody over there is part of the church early on. <laughs> um. So yeah, so it was definitely a sad thing that poor Polly was passing away and that she, that she died. So number one to four, the faithful saints in Zion will be blessed five to eight. They are to love and serve the Lord and keep his commandments. Nine to 19 by keeping the Lord's holy day, the saints are blessed temporarily and spiritually 20 to 24. The righteous are promised peace in this world and eternal life in the world to come. One behold, blessed, this blessed saith the Lord are they who have come up unto this land with an eye single to my glory, according to my commandments. For those that live shall inherit the earth, and those that die shall rest from all their labors, and their works shall follow them, and they shall receive a crown in the in the mansions of my Father, which I have prepared for them. Yea, blessed are they whose feet stand upon the land of Zion, who have obeyed my gospel, for they shall receive their reward and good things of the earth, and it shall bring forth in its strength. And they shall also be crowned with blessings from above, yea, and with commandments not a few, and with revelations in their time, that they are faithful and diligent before me. Wherefore I give unto them a commandment, saying thus, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy might, mind, and strength, and in the name of Jesus Christ thou shalt serve them. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Oh, this, um, I love that one because during this last general conference, there was a talk that somebody said that there is an applied third commandment to love thyself. And I love that it's not necessarily a commandment because he didn't write it out as thou shalt love thyself, but it was built into the other commandment to love thy neighbor as thyself. And so you can't love anyone and you can't expect anyone to love you if you don't love yourself first. Thou shalt not steal, neither commit adultery, nor kill, nor do anything like unto it. Thou shalt thank the Lord thy God in all things. Thou shalt, thou shalt, thou shalt offer a sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in righteousness, 
even that of a broken heart and a contrite spirit. And that thou mayest more fully keep thyself unspotted from the world, thou shalt go to the house of prayer and offer up thy sacraments upon my holy day. For verily this is a day appointed unto you to rest from your labors and to pay thy devotions unto the most high God, unto the most high. Nevertheless, thy vows shall be offered up in righteousness on all days and at all times. But remember that on this, the Lord's day, thou shalt offer thine oblations and thy sacraments unto the Most High, confessing thy sins unto thy brethren and before the Lord. And on this day, thou shalt do none other thing, only let thy food be prepared with singleness of heart, that thy fasting may be perfect, or in other words, that thy joy may be full. Verily, this is fasting and prayer, or in other words, rejoicing in prayer. You guys, I can't tell you how many times I have to rewind this because I keep falling asleep. And inasmuch as ye do these things, we're on 15, with thanksgiving, with cheerful hearts and countenances, not with much laughter, for this is sin, but with a glad heart and a cheerful countenance. Okay, um, I think what the Lord's trying to tell us here, not that we can't laugh, but that the laughter, it's like that laugh that's like like evil laughs, you know? um or rude laughter right or like somebody just made a potty joke laughter like the lord doesn't like that kind of laughter but i believe the lord has a sense of humor in fact if you've watched the chosen uh episodes um you can see the the actor that's portraying jesus christ like he laughs and i think it's so cute like that christ is able to laugh um and like the the whole show kind of makes it more kind of makes Christ a little bit more real which it you would think is a bad thing but it actually makes it a good thing because he seems more approachable i guess than than an than i was going to say an actual god but he is a god he is god and so um you just think you know when when it's god you don't think of somebody that's sitting with you and laughing with you even though that's what that's what he is doing in the chosen anyway you got to watch it it's not like done in a rude way or offensive at all it's really cool the way that they do it and portray jesus christ i love it barely i say unto you or just kidding number 16 barely i say that inasmuch as ye do this the fullness of the earth is yours the beasts of the field and the fowls of the air and that which climbeth upon the trees and walketh upon the earth Yea, and the herb and the good things which come of the earth, whether for food or for raiment or for house or for barns or for orchards or for gardens or for vineyards. Oh, we have a city called Vineyard. No wonder they called it Vineyard. Yea, all things which come of the earth in the season thereof are made for the benefit and the use of man, both to please the eye and to have gladdened, gladden and to gladden the heart. Yea, for food and for raiment for taste and for smell to strengthen the body and enliven the soul so the the things that we have here on earth that the lord's giving us is for us for all of our senses he wants us to experience everything to the fullest and i love that you know because it's supposed to enliven the soul as we do things with our body that are good for our body it can enliven the soul um like bring it to life like like you know get you excited i almost think of like passion like passion projects or passion stuff you know it's pretty cool um 
number 20, and it pleaseth God that he hath given all these things unto man for unto this end were they made to be used with judgment, not to excess, neither by extortion. So yeah, he made it for us, but let's not take advantage, you know, um, let's use that self-control because we are spiritual beings having a physical experience and not a physical being having spiritual experiences, right? And number 21, and in nothing doth man offend God or against none is his wrath kindled, save those who confess not his hand in all things and obey not his commandments. See, and he said that it pleaseth God that he giveth, that he hath given all these things unto man. For that's why they were made. And... Yeah. And then number 22. Oh, and it's so that we can obey. Like when we obey, we're able to use those things that are in our stewardship to the best of, um, to the best of, to the best of the abilities that we have and the best that it was made for because we're not abusing things and we're using them for the purposes that they were made. Number 22, behold, this is according to the law and the prophets. Wherefore, trouble me no more concerning this matter. But learn that he who doeth the works of righteousness shall receive his reward, even peace in this world and eternal life in the world to come. And, or number 24, I, the Lord, have spoken it and the spirit beareth record. Amen. And what is one of the gifts that he gives us in exchange for the righteousness and keeping his commandments is peace and then eternal life. Like who does not want those two things? Um, I, I love the promises that are made here in this chapter. I didn't even realize there were so many. You know how President Nelson said that we need to look for promises made in the scriptures uh, or look for promises made to Israel in the scriptures. Well, these are exactly some promises made to Israel that we could jot down and then come back and remember those. Just like President Nelson told us to do this, um, I think it was in October 2020 General Conference, he told us to read for the next six months, find the covenants made to Israel. And I've kind of been a slacker on that. I have not, I just barely even remembered that the other day. And I think that that would be a really awesome exercise to do as I'm reading the scriptures. So I'm going to need to figure out how to do that um, so that I can do that maybe as part of my morning routine or what I want to do. But anyways, until next time, I challenge you to see if you can make a list of those blessings that come to covenant Israel as we are obedient to the commandments that the Lord gives us. See you later. Love you. Bye.